Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. All right, man, we back. The first podcast of 2019, man. We want to thank all you guys for staying tuned. And uh, this is episode 41. 41. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're doing this shit. All right. Um, <laughs> let's start off with some current events. We're not big fans of, you know, talking about what everybody's talking about. We're going to try to touch on some a few things. One mm-hmm. of them is a government shutdown. Mm-hmm. All right. The government shutdown, uh, one of the main things that, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the main things that's kind of pissing people off is like, oh, well, I'm not going to get my taxes. I'm not going to get my taxes because the government shut down. Um, but there's also another thing. Um, uh, I guess Donald Trump wants funding for the wall. And if he ain't getting funding for the wall, then it, it's, it's chances that this could be spread out. Mm-hmm. This is my only gripe about it. Okay. Um, my gripe is this. My gripe is, you know, initially Mexico was supposed to pay for the wall. Then after that was not working. Then all of a sudden it was like, uh, then it, it was three things. They're going to pay for it. Then it was like, oh, um, we're going to get it passed. So, you know, this and that. Then all of a sudden it's like he want us to fund it. And I'm like, man, ain't nobody paying for no wall. Yeah, I ain't paying for no wall. Yeah, nah, that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if um, if that's what prolongs the government shutdown, that's that'll be just be downright just unfortunate. Yeah, I guess it, more than anything, it's um, you know, upstanding citizens that work in the government that aren't getting paid exactly, which is unfortunate. You know, they yeah. can't feed their families all because you know of the government shutdown. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Like TSA agents and shit, they ain't getting no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that sucks, man. And I guess he said something earlier, like he can relate to, you know, those workers not being paid. And it's like, no, you can't don't even say that. Yeah. You've been rich all your life. You've been rich all your life. Don't, don't fucking don't say that. Okay. But I, my thing is this, I don't want to get caught up in complaining about Donald Trump. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I will just go ahead and move on. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> women why do you take showers so hot women taking hot showers like you guys take showers so fucking hot and s- just scoldering heat mm-hmm. it's like are you trying to wash away your sins or like what the fuck is <laughs> 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 right yeah man what's going yeah, on yeah it, it, i don't know man to me it, it, it's really weird like you would think like um for instance like hot food for instance mm-hmm. um if someone was eating a hot, I mean, like a hot piece of food, um, and they just like spicy food, and then they shared it with me, I'd be like, "Dang, this is hot!" Like yeah. I normally wouldn't eat it. Yeah. Um, but it's tolerable. When it comes to like the hot shower, sh- hot showers, for instance, like a woman can turn on some hot water, and then I would put my hand in there, and I would just be melting away like chocolate in a Bakersfield sun. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <dude. laughs> Shower through <laughs> like man, ain't nobody getting a shower with your ass. Just let me know when you're done. <laughs> Turn into the wicked witch of the west. And women, you guys already got hot bodies for some reason. Yeah. Like, especially when it, it could be sometimes the skinny chicks, like you'll be laying in bed and then they'll like they'll like put their body on you. You're like, damn, you just it's are... a warm body. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I like am I having sex with a hot pocket? What the fuck? <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> Yeah, damn. <laughs> like, what are you, man? And oh, it, the man. fucked up thing is women will lay on you while taking all the fucking covers. 
Mm-hmm. So you're laying there and like y- your legs all out, your feet's all out. Yeah. They got the covers and their body is hot. Yeah. It's like how the fuck you- <laughs> I just I'm I'm cold and hot at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or or women will lay on your arm and like you'll have your arm around them but they're killing all the circulation to your fucking arm. Yeah. And you just laying there and it's like the things you do for women, man. Your arm is hot and numb. It's hot and numb because you got your warm ass neck on me. That's a terrible combination. Yeah. Or they put their hot boobs on you. Hey, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. But that is, yeah. So I think, I think our body. I don't know scientifically, but some something. I feel like the body temperatures be totally different. Yeah. Because there ain't no way we like built the same genetically, and y'all can handle the hot showers and be like. You know, always hot all the time. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, hey, women got women got their own built-in global warming going on. <laughs> <laughs> Even the hot flashes do. I don't do men get those when we get older. Yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, I don't we think don't get so. That. But when you know, when y'all get older, y'all gonna be having the hot flashes. Oh, I'm so hot. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, well, you're drinking coffee right now, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got a big ass Starbucks coffee. Like, oh my god, I don't know why I'm so hot. Yeah, we need some we need some answers from the women out there. Like, why? How can y'all deal with this? These hot showers It's just crazy. If you ever go in the in the bathroom after a woman gets out, and it's just so steamy in there, like you yeah. can't see shit. Yeah, it's like you walked into uh uh fuck. I was thinking about a movie where uh, uh I think it was a uh, Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you walk into one big farm. I mean, yeah. a, a fog. Yeah, it looked like uh, you walked into an R and B video. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, genuine. R and B singers from the nineties and early two thousands was nasty. They yeah, used to, used to try to be way too sexy. Oh yeah, yeah. Body uh, baby oil all over their body and stuff. Yeah, they singing and <laughs> looking into the camera like, yeah. I want to rub oil all over my body. <laughs> I'm like, oh, time to tune out. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Move on. Um. The Floyd Mayweather fight. I don't oh know if. God. Oh my God! It was just a debacle. Like I don't know if anybody caught it. I hope but, not. Yeah, the Floyd Mayweather needs to just go away. Like I'm, I'm tired of him popping up fighting people that can't fucking fight. Yeah, because his ego's so big, he don't want to take a loss. There, I guarantee you, right now, uh, he will take some losses if he got back in that ring. What I really didn't like about that fight against the, it was like a Japanese dude. I can't, I'm not too sure, but mm-hmm. his name was Tension something. He was only 20 years old, first of all, and he was a kickboxer, mm-hmm. not a boxer boxer. Mm-hmm. If they were kickboxing, Floyd would have got the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Okay, because that kid was a, a, a well-known kickboxer, but they got Floyd out, and Floyd wasn't even in shape. Mm-hmm. He didn't even train for that fight. You could look at him. He was way more fatty than he ever is. Usually he's lean as hell. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't look good. I'm like, man, he he looked like he had been drinking the night before the fight. Yeah, it was like, man, come on, Floyd, go away, bro. Like you, you're tarnishing, you're tarnishing your own legacy. Mm-hmm. And he better not ever go to UFC, like ever. He better not ever, 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 ever think he'd go to UFC because he will get fucked up in that ring. Yeah, they won't stand up with Floyd. What'll happen is, if they stand up with Floyd, they know they're gonna get the shit beat out of him. So what's going to happen is, is they're going to stand up with Floyd, take some shots, and they're going to take him down, and then Floyd going to get the dog shit beat out of him. Might yeah. snap his arm. Yeah. I think, man, Flo- Floyd fighting is whatever. I think it's just ridiculous. But to me, everything outside of that is just 
beyond crazy. Like he's there's a like just the idea of it an exhibition inside of you know Japan three rounds and he's making you know nine million dollars. It's just like why like why is this even an idea? And it and the fight looks so staged. Like when the when yeah. the guy fell, it, it looked like he just fell on purpose. It was like, what the heck is going on, man? Yeah, like, what in tarnation is going on? <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. sad, dude. Like, I, I think, like you said, I think Floyd Floyd is my favorite fighter ever. I love watching, I love, I used to love watching Floyd fight. But just, like, everything he's doing now is just, it feels tasteless, like. Yeah, exactly. He's always chiming in on something, arguing with 50 Cent, you yeah. know. Canelo Alvarez signs a huge deal. He has to say something about it. Like, you know, I made this much in three fights or I made this much in four fights. I don't, you know, his deal is okay. And always arguing with Oscar De La Hoya. It seems like a like a fight to stay relevant. There you sad. go. Yeah. Like, I'd rather watch my food in the microwave than the fucking Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah. At least I'll be like, hmm, that macaroni look good. <laughs> <laughs> so I watch Floyd, it, it, Floyd just... He's a shell of himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he he would be a fool to step back in the boxing ring. I think if he did box again, though, and he was in shape, that he would still be definitely a threat. But he has gotten older. And then he did that fake bullshit fight with Conor McGregor. I, I, first of all, I was never going to buy it. I went over to a friend's house, and he had it. Yeah. But it was just the biggest hoax ever. Like, yeah. you know, if he really wanted to knock out Conor, he could have knocked him out within the first 15 seconds of the fight. Mm-hmm. Conor don't got no hands like that. Yeah. You gotta remember that fucking um, Nate Diaz put hands on him. So you get your hands put on you by Nate Diaz, you know Floyd about to beat your ass. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. horrible. Yeah, I don't think I don't see. He's still he's still like he hasn't fought fought anyone in a long time. I don't I don't believe he would get in there with a legit contender. I think he's just doing these events for you know money grabs. Pretty much, I, I think. <laughs> I think that if he keeps this shit up, then eventually he's going to take a deal with someone and it's going to be the wrong deal and he's going to get the dog shit beat out of him. But I, I just think Floyd, in, in a business sense, is only going to to take wins because his ego will not allow him to lose. If he ever lost, he could lose at something. I don't know. It could. I don't know what it is. But if he loses, it's too much for his ego. Yeah. Anybody that could go, go this long without losing a fight, he ain't trying to lose shit. I don't think anyone wants to lose, though. Well, of course not. But when you have, when you have a record like that at the at the highest stage, you know, losing at anything after that is going to be a shot to your ego. You know, yeah. anybody that anybody who was like a Manny Pacquiao that was undefeated and he lost, I don't, I think he's less affected because he doesn't have this larger than life, you know, attitude. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's an ego though. I just think he just doesn't want to lose. I think that's normal for a uh, a person not to want to lose. Yeah, I think now like he he's obviously he's doing stuff to make money and also like try to win. But he's only fought like, you know, the kind of regret like I think he just loves money more than anything. So and then there's also like like for the fight with Conor McGregor, no other fighter inside of, you know, that is a legit boxing contender would have generated a fight like that. So he had to fight Conor McGregor. That was fucking Which was just, just a money grab. Yep. But, um, like, you know, he's if if there was, like, if the Canelo Alvarez fight was that huge, I don't think he would fight Canelo Alvarez. 
Huge. Huge. Yeah. The, the fight between the fight between uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. and 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 Canelo Alvarez is gonna be it's gonna be so big. We're gonna have to build a wall after the fight. <laughs> That's a nasty. Yeah, that's a nasty, <laughs> nasty like, result of a fight. Yeah, it's like it's like man, get out of here, shut <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, but Floyd, man, Floyd just needs to go away. I think that Floyd is angling things for him to win too as well, which is weak. It's weak in my opinion. If you're not gonna do anything competitive, just stay the fuck away. You're just tarnishing just everything, your own legacy. Mm-hmm. You know what, what's gonna be next? What are you fighting? Fucking zoo animals next? Yeah. Floyd fights a giraffe. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. All right, man. Let's move on. All right. Um. Here's one of the things we kind of dread talking about, but unfortunately, we're here. R. Kelly. There's a documentary that's going. I haven't caught the whole thing. Uh, Keith caught the whole thing. No. Oh, you haven't caught the whole thing? No. There's like it's a six part series. I think I only watched maybe four of them. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, it's surviving R. Kelly, and there's women, a lot of women, women with different accounts of him doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I got to say about R. Kelly, man. I, I think that we have went over two decades now with him doing weird shit. You know, back in 1994, he was openly fucking a 15 year old Aaliyah, and I think that everybody was like, "Oh, it's rumored." But first of all, like they literally had like married at one t- at one point. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's weird. Like, this girl's not even developed, and this guy is over there having sex with her. And everybody, yeah. and then she came out with that song, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. And I'm like, and he wrote that song. And he wrote that song. And everybody was like, hey, this is my favorite song. Age Ain't Nothing. And it's like, this dude was a fucking pedophile. Yeah. Like, the creepiest of creeps. Yeah. And nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. And people were like, you know what? It was wrong. And I felt it was wrong then. Bullshit. I think what happened, the number one thing that happened from then versus now is social media. So what it did is it pushed R. Kelly into a very small place where he's not able to get away with what he got away with in the 90s because there wasn't enough eyes on him. And even if women were to come forward uh, back then, nobody would take it serious. They'd be like, oh, she's just trying to get money. Oh, she's just trying to get money. That's a stupid way of thinking, dude. Yeah. But they always, like, we as a society, especially black people, they, we always feel like somebody trying to get money out of somebody. Like, oh, OJ didn't do that. That white girl just trying to, or, no, I don't think they use that. Scenario. That's a bad scenario. What? I was saying, like, black people would be like, oh, the white girl he killed, just trying to get money out of him. That's why they, uh, that's why they put in that situation. But black people, yeah. I just, I think just in general, like, they just don't believe in anything. They be thinking, like, everyone's trying to get some money out of these celebrities mm-hmm. and out of these rappers, and everything is false. Yeah, that that's complete bullshit. Yeah. I think in his case, I just think he's a, a weirdo. The guy had a fucking sex cult, like a real sex cult. Girls... And these girls were underage, man. And then, not, not to mention, he literally came out with a with a with a tape of him peeing on somebody. Yeah. Like, how much fucking evidence do you need? You know, you, the whole world knows that that was him in the video. I haven't seen it personally. I, I just have. feel like it's strange to watch that. But I've seen it, unfortunately. It's, yeah, it's um, a strange man. Video evidence playing inside inside the courtroom. They actually had. That's the episode that I missed. The one where they talked about the court case. But, um, yeah, man, it's it's just so so many layers, years and years and years of evidence. There was, you know, 
in the in the documentary is called Surviving R. Kelly. It R. Kelly. It comes on um, Lifetime. It comes on Lifetime. Yeah, and it's a six part series, and you, you could watch it on there. And um, yeah, just, you know, it kind of starts out with um, it's kind of based in chronological order, but it opens up with um, kind of showing his upbringing, showing how he was in elementary school, showing, you know, his struggles to read and write. Um, They were saying, like, they had multiple tutors. Nothing ever worked for him. Um, He never had the ability to learn, you know, learn to read and write. Um, But he just was, you know, super talented at music, and he can, you know, pretty much play and hear. Like, if he heard a song, he can go play it on on a keyboard and stuff like that. And, um eventually you know his talent took him to where he is today and it you know it made him the the man he is today but it's it was just it was just a lot of a lot of sick stuff like <clears throat> like when his first album dropped he was i think he was in his mid-20s i think um and he had dropped out of high school but he was in chicago and you know everyone knew him in chicago because he was you know the talented kid that could sing and he you know he he had a record label and stuff or he had a record out at and stuff like that um and they said he would just sweat outside of the high school and he would just be picking up on little kids he would there was a there was a mcdonald's right around the street from the high school and they said he would uh he would be hanging out there you know picking up on little girls taking them back to the studio and stuff like that yeah that's just that's crazy there's one dude that i knew i didn't know him but i knew his brother and uh he would pull up to bakersfield high school and he and he looked really young, but he was older than us by like four years. So now the guy would probably be because I'm 33. He'd probably be like 37 or 38. Mm-hmm. And he would come by the school and wait and like pick girls up. And by this time, he's already a full fledged grown man yeah. hanging out with these girls and like showing up to the high school football games and shit. Like I remember after my game, I'd be like with my dad and I'd be about to go into the locker room. Mm-hmm. And then I would see like that dude. Like, watching him be like, hey, all right, hey, good game, y'all. I'm like, this guy is here literally with, like, Mm 16-year-olds. Like, some people just sick, man. Some people just, like, they don't grow out of that, you know, they don't want a grown, like, I want a grown woman. I don't don't want no fucking girl. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I think as you get older, too, what you like changes. Like, when you're, like, 20, then you like girls that's probably, like, from 18 to 22 or 23. And then when you get 25, you like women from, like, 22 to like 26 and then you turn 28 and you like women it's like from like 21 to like 30 mm-hmm. like I, it's never like i've never and even now like i've never said like ooh, i want an 18 year old that to mm-hmm. me is weird mm-hmm. and that's legal mm-hmm. but this motherfucker went above and beyond mm-hmm. created a fucking sex code and then he's peeing on people like i'm not trying to be funny but goddamn, yeah. the the woman had a lot of the interviews they had, the women couldn't really talk about what they were saying, like what what was really going on, like because it was just too difficult for them to talk about. Um, but um, there had, you know, there had to be, you know, really disgusting things going yeah. on. Um, but you know, you you got to imagine like this man is having sex, you know, whenever he wants to, so it probably gets boring for him so he has to try and yeah you know figure out new ways to you know entertain himself i guess and but with p 
I, I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying, like, oh, he, I know. I'm I saying, know. like, he's <laughs> he's trying all kind of different things, and ain't no telling, like, you know, what's what's going on. He's getting bored with the conventional shit. Yeah, yeah, that could be. But it's like that's him in the fucking video. Like, what more do they need? Mm-hmm. Like, do they need him to sing while he's peeing? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> they said in the video someone's calling him. What? Yeah, they said like someone's in the back, like yo R. Hey, yo, Kelly. Hey, yo, Kelly. <laughs> nah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm doing something right now. You're like, bruh. Remember them in the closet videos he made? Yeah, they talked about that on there. That's the, one of the episodes I missed, too. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. And I it got popular, that. too. Yeah. I hated them. I, di- I didn't like those at all. I never liked those, that series. Like, I'm over here in the closet. And she's walking around. I'm like, dude. He's, it's crazy how, like, um, how powerful he was. Like, if you think about it, like, that that was must-watch TV. Yeah. When it was coming on on BET. I think I was in, like, elementary school. But yeah. even me and my friends were watching and like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy. He rhyming and telling stories and acting it yeah. out. Yeah. It's crazy, man. But it's 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 really interesting. The documentary is they someone someone described it as an uneasy must watch, and that's really what it is. Because I was watching it and I felt uncomfortable the whole time. Wow. But um, I got I got to watch more of it. Yeah, but you, like your eyes are glued because it's like, how could this person be doing so much? And it's some information after information after information. And different girls and, you know, countless women and, you know, interviews with families and court documents. And it's so much in- information jam-packed into, like, hour-long, six-hour-long episodes. Definitely. I think we're going to revisit this moment because this is ironic. I told you this before the podcast. Now, we're talking about R. Kelly and this documentary. I'm telling you right now, I'm predicting it. R. Kelly will not make it out of 2019 without getting locked up. And the reason why I said that is because even to, for a lifetime to release a movie like this, they have been building a case on this guy for years. So it's going to take something else. And once that breaks in the case, he will be locked up. He's going to be like Bill Cosby and he will knock it out. Yeah. Because he's going to have too many counts of abuse on women. And all they need is some more information. They just need these girls that are captive, at least one or two to come out. And once they come out, it's over for his ass. And he knows it. Yeah. And here's the scary part. The scariest part about it is this. We got to hope that he ain't doing something more crazy so they don't come out. Mm-hmm. And we know what that is. And I pray that that don't happen. But you think of a man that will have a sex coat won't just stop at the sex coat. He will do something f- fatal to somebody. You got to be crazy like that to hold people captive. Yeah. Like this is legit sex slaves. And people knew about like they, they heard about this shit years ago. And everybody's just like, oh, R. Kelly just doing his thing and ain't no different than Hugh Hefner. And I'm like, hey, bro, like, don't don't do that. Yeah. That's a false equivalence. Right? It's a false equivalency right there. Yeah. <laughs> you can say whatever about Hugh Hefner, but them girls is running around a running around a Playboy mansion smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Hefner was giving him some of that. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Hefner was giving him some of that uh, Viagra. <laughs> He's using that blue chew. <laughs> oh man you know what fuck it i okay well no i ain't gonna talk about that i'll, I'll, I'll use i'll talk about that down the road yeah no nah, man 
I just find it incredibly weird that it took a documentary for people to be like, oh my God, I can't believe this. First of all, in 1994, he was fucking Aaliyah and he was out in the open about the shit. And then it, it took literally a documentary for people. It took two decades for people to really see how sick this motherfucker was. Yeah. Oh, I'm not listening to his music anymore. This and that, which I think is fine. But if you're going to do that, you better keep the same energy. You better stop listening to Michael Jackson too. Yeah. Stop listening to Michael Jackson too. And the reason why I say that, he said, well, Michael Jackson wasn't convicted. Neither is R. Kelly. They got a case on him, but he ain't been convicted of nothing. Yeah. And it's literally a parallel case with, with Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. You know, Michael Jackson's so cool and the moonwalk and all that shit that everybody like, I mean, the boys, is they lying. They got to be lying. They all want some money. They just want some money. Yeah. I just think as a man, if you're not doing something like that, you're you're not going to put yourself in a position where you're constantly being accused of the same shit. Yeah. That shit is true after a while. Just like with Bill fucking Cosby and his goddamn drug drinks and it came back and got him. Yeah. So, look, man, everything is not about people wanting money. Some of these motherfuckers are sick in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real, you know, mental issue that some of these people have. I think R. Kelly R. Kelly is definitely one of those people. It's just like for somebody to do that for so long and and then he, they talked about the little song he came out with the the nineteen minute the nineteen minute song, I admit it. And then the yeah. the girl on there, she got uh, his ex wife, she got mad. She was yeah. like, what are you talking about? I admit it. You didn't admit nothing in admit the song. Nothing. Yeah. He's kind of like that's that's his whole career though. He's been tiptoeing around mm-hmm. subject matter ever since he got started. Like even go back to the point where they asked Aaliyah and him were they dating or anything. And even that that was that was weird in in the interview. It it just felt like it, there was like large communities enabling everything that he was doing because even in the interview they asked it like out of curiosity and not out of like like a sickness thing. Yeah. She was like, rumors are floating around. Like, are you guys dating? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? This man is 20-some years old. The girl's like... 15, 14, yeah, 15. Yeah, the girl's barely a teenager. Yeah. It's just how people normalized this shit back then. Yeah. They normalized it, man. And you know, another thing, too, and in, in, in other countries, it's normal for older men to date young women. Mm-hmm. Or young girls, it's motherfuckers that are thirty and their girlfriend's fifteen. Like yeah. it's in all different countries, it happens. But here, we don't allow that, and I think it's a good thing that we don't allow it because a woman that young is highly impressionable. Mm-hmm. So if you're older and you know how to brainwash a young girl, and then I mean, God forbid, the girl is a virgin and you take her virginity and you're just controlling her, mm-hmm. like that's to me is extremely weird. You know, and it was one, there's one chick, I commented something, not comment, I posted something about R. Kelly, and she said, well, these girls knew what they were getting into, this and that, and he's sick, but they knew what they, I said, no, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know, because he had, it was the power dynamic. He was powerful, he was popular, and every young girl has, like, a crush on an older dude, but it's up to the older dude to not entertain it at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's girls that like that's like 15 that they like Chris Brown and they go to his concerts and like, oh my god, I love him. But Chris Brown ain't had no accounts of him fucking no teenagers. Yeah, you know it's it's about responsibility, dude. Yeah, that's that. That I to think me is weird. even outside of like the age thing, mm-hmm. 
was like the abuse that some of these women faced. Yeah. So it's like you take these these underage women and you know they sometimes 14 as young as like 14 years old um you're taking these women in you're you're you know putting them in their house you're hanging out with them in a studio and then you're manipulating them and then you're holding these women in bondage inside of your you know inside of your house it was like oh, women in man. there they were saying like they would be stuck in rooms and he would have it to where they needed to ask for permission to do any and everything. If they needed to use the restroom, they had to, um, like, knock on the door and, you know, call out for him and ask for permission to use the restroom. And they said some, some of them would be like, I can only imagine, like, like how bad some of these women felt when they had to do certain things, but some of the women were saying they would be knocking for hours. Like, yo, oh my God. Like, can I get some food? I'm starving up here. So that was like one of the stories she's told, but I'm, I could only imagine like, you know, women be having all kind of different issues going on with their bodies. So exactly. if a woman is sitting up there for two hours and she can't go to the restroom or she can't do whatever, like I can only imagine like yeah. how crazy some of the stuff is or how bad those rooms could look if a woman is sitting up there two yes. hours beating on a, you know, on the door. Treat them like animals. Yeah. Like property. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's what I find completely weird. I, what I did is I wanted to draw a picture for people. Mm-hmm. So I talked about like the Dave Chappelle skit um, from back in 2003. Yeah. And it was about uh, R. Kelly, you know, and it was like, give me some of that do do. Give me some of that pee pee. And I was yeah. and I was only seven, 18. So I'm over there busting up laughing. I'm laughing, laughing and everybody's laughing and then here we are 2019 and people are canceling R. Kelly. Yeah. And what, what's what's crazy about it too is is like you think about how much we laughed and didn't take it seriously. I think the biggest difference now is social media like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more eyes on him in addition to like how much do we really care though? I question that still. Mm-hmm. I question it because have we kind of like are, are, have we somewhat conformed to this idea mm-hmm. because of the majority or do we really care? And the reason why I say have we conformed is because um, it, it just doesn't it doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it that we're canceling R. Kelly, but his streaming numbers went up? Yeah, I'm trying to understand how is it that, you know, we supposedly want to cancel this guy. We call him sick, but why is his numbers going up on his music? I think I think that was part of that was that as much as our job was or what we're we were trying to do was like get him out of here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at the same time, we're promoting him. Yeah. So it's it's it kind of like it's kind of hard to say because it's like if the music if the like everyone likes the songs. So if I believe I can fly is playing on a show, when you hop in the car, it's like, oh, dang, I should play that song because or some people were saying like, oh, like they were saying these songs are about this person or, you know, trapped in a closet was about this. So let me go back and listen to see, like decipher the lyrics to see what was actually going on. So I don't know. True. I just think that if we if we have like this moral compass when it comes to certain people, we should just keep that same energy too. I'm, I th- I think honestly, you can't um, 
the world is going to be the world. Yeah. Like, you know, I can't really speak for the thousands of people that genuinely don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only control what I can control. And yeah, that's yeah. Just, it's just, it's just unfortunate because there was, they showed that too. They were like, <clears throat> they were just saying like people that people just didn't care. They were, they had the, like the mute R. Kelly movement going on to where people were showing up at his arenas and it, it was actually effective. They ended up canceling like multiple shows, but they were, they were interviewing some of the women out there and they were like, you know, they were saying like, you know, I'm not here to judge like, you know, you know, the man ain't did nothing to me. So, and I like his music. So I'm gonna go to the concert. Those are all kind of different, uh, different, you know, sound yeah. bites they had with the women. Yeah. I, I think ultimately too, though, what else, <clears throat> what else happens is this. I think people really don't give a shit about anything until it affects them. And that's the vast majority of, of, of people. So mm-hmm. I hate to paint this picture for you fellas, but imagine this, especially some of you guys like, well, I don't see the big deal to keep it real. They know they made the decision and blah, blah, blah. All right. Okay. So imagine R. Kelly fucking your daughter. I know it's not a, I know it's not something you want to hear. Yeah. I know it's not something that's a great picture, but imagine your daughter that you love disappears for three years and R. Kelly is fucking your daughter and you can't get her back. Now yeah. do you give a shit? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very likely because a lot of everyday women, I don't know, they, it was, it's a crazy statistic. We learned about it at my job. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of women actually get molested. Oh no, and you know, so it's 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 very likely not that it's R. Kelly, but you know what I'm saying. Just yeah. anybody can be in that situation. Exactly. And I know, like people personally that have been through that sort of thing, where an older an older man ended up like you know molesting them. So that's why we have to be careful with um, how we're viewing these people. And like you said, like mm-hmm. everyone's. Like people only care when it happens to them, exactly. but it's like, even if it has, even if like you can't feel some sort of sympathy for those women or like what he's done to, you know, countless hundreds of, you know, hundreds of women, probably you should be mindful that, you know, statistics show that someone close to you has probably been in a similar situation. Yep. Yeah, man. It, it's just to me, I find people just, they don't. They don't really, they don't care. Like, uh, for example, I've seen people who have been completely cold-hearted to someone that they, they, they lost somebody in their family. They were like, man, you know, my dog died. And they'll be like, oh that's, oh, that's crazy, man. And they don't say, sorry for your loss. They don't say shit. But then soon as somebody in their family pass away and they just, I don't know, I'm so sad, I can't believe it. They expect that empathy because you're supposed to feel sorry for them and they ain't supposed to feel sorry for nobody else. Yeah. I've seen that many times. Mm-hmm. People lack empathy in general. We live in a society now, especially with social media. I've seen people posting memes after uh, uh, of uh, XX uh, Tentacion after he got shot. People was posting memes about him being dead. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of society we live in, where people just are cold hearted. They don't care. They don't care about these young ladies being sex slaves and getting treated like a dog. You know what I'm saying? And first of all, let me not say being treated like a dog. That's because people see their dogs good. Yeah. People actually love their dogs, a lot of people. Yeah. But they were being treated subhuman. Mm-hmm. So that that to me is just 
a, a big issue mm-hmm. ultimately yeah it's really unfortunate man it's it's a sad it's a sad occurrence that um this is even like real and that someone that's so popular has been able to maneuver still be still have a fruitful career yeah and be this old and finally this type of documentary is created um and it, it you know it's been going on since the 90s for a very very long time and it's just it's just crazy man i think that if if r kelly is i'm not going to say if he's smart but if he has any he doesn't have any empathy but like he literally should let these girls go like let them all go let them go home to their families leave them alone he's sick man i don't know if that's even possible yeah what what is going to happen is however this shakes out um the police just going to bust in yeah they're going to eventually bust in when yeah. when they they're going to have a lead they're going to bust in they're going to find some things that are going to be like crazy yeah and then once those once those things come that, yeah it's so it's so like you know I'm even like getting emotional just thinking about all the craziness that could happen. You think about these women were, you know, coming in as teenagers. Um, it could be anything like ch- childs in there. And yeah, you don't know. Yeah, it's like you don't. I don't even want to think about it. But at the same time, it's like if a woman, if these girls haven't seen their families in like two years, and you know they have no communication with the outside world. You don't even know. Even they even talked about his nickname being the Pied Piper. Yeah. And how the Pied Piper was like some folk tale about, you know, a guy that would um lead children um away from I don't know what they were doing, but basically leading children towards him through his music and through his uh his instrument or something like that. And oh I was my just like, God. Yeah, it's just it, it's just like we talked about it. It's just like Jeffrey Dahmer. They were interviewing him, and uh, he said that he had gotten so obsessed with um, killing people and whatnot that he was bringing a mummified head to work and put it in his locker. That's mm-hmm. how much he was obsessed with dismembering and uh, um, uh, decapitating people. Mm-hmm. So when you draw that that same comparison to R. Kelly and him making women sex slaves, then it's literally the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking weird. I don't really know how much we got to talk about R. Kelly. All I can say is this. I hope they catch this motherfucker. And I think by the end of this year, we're going to revisit this this episode and he will be locked up. That is my that is my hope for 2019, that they get R. Kelly's punk ass. I think, um, I do think he's going to get locked up. I just don't know if it would be uh, in 2019. I just think that this... This thing is going to drag out just because he has really good lawyers. I mean, he's had really good lawyers thus far. That's why he's not in jail right now. Yeah. So I think it's going to drag out, but I, I do feel like eventually he'll be sitting behind a jail cell. Yeah. You know what else? There's another thing, too. We talked about this as well. He's not the only one that's in on this shit. Yeah. First of all, we talked about how earlier how he's like illiterate. You can't really read or write. Yeah, you would assume that he would be a, could read or write really good because he's a very successful musician. But obviously, this motherfucker can't. So he has to have a right hand man who is keeping things in line and keep these women locked up. 
he has to have a lawyer that has given him certain things so he knows like what parameters to go around like you know what oh okay don't do this and if the police have a they don't have a search warrant to do this and this and that somebody is telling him this because he is too dumb to have an elaborate sex cult yeah okay yeah and this motherfucker would have been busted like 15 20 years ago yeah but due to the fact that he is still not busted it's not it's the lawyers have to know this whoever whoever's like helping him hide this shit they know it yeah and remember this a lawyer being a lawyer is really not an honest job you there's a lot of times they're the biggest pieces of shit on earth they defend motherfuckers like oj like come on man oj and fucking uh r kelly and whatnot so you gotta understand it's all about the money yeah. Some people don't care about nothing. Like money is king over everything. It's some people that will kill their own family for money. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's I think that's the idea that um everyone around them kept their mouth closed because yep. of money. Mhm. Whether it's a security, they 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 interviewed his personal assistant. They interviewed some of the music producers that was around them. And all these guys didn't say anything. They seen everything going on. Oh my God. And it's just like they didn't say anything. I, I actually know someone that went to um went to his house to like work on music and stuff. Oh my God. I don't know how like how it happened. And he didn't say much about the trip, which was um like he didn't he didn't elaborate on what was going on. And this hap this he told me this is probably like two thousand eleven or something like that, 2012 maybe. But he's talking about it. Um, I just do remember, I think the one thing that I do remember he said, if I'm remembering correctly, or I might just be making this up, he was saying that, um, like, he just remember a lot of girls were there. And I was just like, oh. I was like, that, you know, that, but that doesn't sound crazy. Like, just, he's an R&B singer, you know what I mean? But I imagine he, you know, there's no way to, like, you can tell if a girl generally you can tell if a girl is like you know of age but you know i imagine if these girls have hit puberty already you don't really know like how just, old a lot of these women are well, you know th- this is my thing too i i mean this guy's been doing this shit a long time yeah and a lot of celebrities and other people have known he's been up to it they're speaking out now you know i'm not saying that some people have never spoken up but it seems like a lot of them are coming to the droves so like we need to lock our kelly up but it's kind of like this like group thinking thing like if you knew this motherfucker was doing weird shit back then and trust me they did why Everyone the fuck knew. you didn't say nothing yeah why the fuck you didn't say nothing mm-hmm. I, my voice don't matter if I said I think R. Kelly doing something nobody gives a fuck I'm just a truck driver okay yeah with podcasts but uh <laughs> if celebrities started to yeah. cancel him way long time ago yeah like they were talking about I, I watched a, a thing with Dame Dash and it was really interesting because Dame Dash was dating Aaliyah, you know what I mean? Yeah, he before, was. Before she passed away. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> Dame Dash was saying that he couldn't, um, like, it was always a touchy sub- subject for Aaliyah. He was saying whenever that conversation came up, she couldn't even get it out. And it reminded me, like, all of these women have the same patterns. Like, if you watch the documentary and you listen to what Dame Dash had said, it, it matched up because a lot of these women, they could only say so much. Like it felt like, you know, um, a conversation can be going completely. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, with this happened, I met him here, I met him here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when it came to like 
the living situation or certain events or what certain encounters that happened or certain certain things that took place that would always get choked up and they would always like you know change the subject or they start crying or whatever so when he said that about Amalia, I was like, oh, snap. That's that's exactly how those women were acting. Yeah. And then he talked about um, Dame Dash. Is for, for, you could say whatever you want to about him, but he's always like a forward thinker. He's a free thinker, I think. And he's, he's typically at the forefront of a lot of things. But because it's Dame Dash, people dismiss yeah, everything he's saying. Yeah. So even the Harvey Weinstein stuff, he was saying that way long time ago. Even the R. Kelly stuff, he was like, I don't want to be like. So what happened was he was saying when Jay Z and um, R. Kelly made the album and they were doing a tour, he said he didn't want to be a part of it. He's I guess he he told Jay Z he's like, Yo, what are you doing? Like this is this man like ruined my girl's life, and everyone in the world knows like you know, what went on with that situation. Like, how could you put this together? And, um, they still went on with the album and the tour. And, um, um, basically Dame Dash was saying like, um, they were still like, he, they were still on Rockefeller and stuff at the yeah, time, but called the split. Yeah. Dame, Dame Dash said he didn't even want to, he didn't even want his name on it. He said, essentially when it came out, um, all the money, he wanted all the money to go to like Aliyah's breast, breast cancer, um, association. And uh, I think that, yeah, I think that was part of it. Like he was saying, like after that, he was just like, I can't really work with, I can't really work under these conditions anymore. Yeah, but at that time, Jay-Z and uh, Dame Dash was on the outs. Like they was about to, they was about to split anyways. And I don't think Jay-Z was really listening to him too much as well. Because mm-hmm. Jay-Z was already making moves. Mm-hmm. There, Yeah, there's been instances where I think uh, it was uh, Memphis Bleak was talking about it on Drink Champs where and they was having full-fledged arguments like, well, Jay wasn't having arguments. It'd be like um, uh, Bleak and then Dame would go at it and be on the plane and cussing each other out. But I mean, it's one of those things. Um, but but yet, what I think R. Kelly did is I think he formed these toxic friendships with these young women. I think that he, le- he led them to believe that he was their friend, and I think that he tapped into these girls' minds, and then he would toy with their body. And then what would happen is, is they would be too afraid to like not be around him mm-hmm. or like to not have some type of a relationship with him. And he knew exactly who to manipulate. I think he had been doing that shit for so long. He knew what girls he could get. Yeah. And all these girls had the same thing in common. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really disgusting. That, yeah, that happens a lot with like these certain type of people. Like, um, Charlie Chaplin is another person like R. Kelly where the way that they shaped it, I don't know if this happened in real life, but in Charlie Chaplin's life, he, he was, um, he, I think he's from England or something like that. So he the silent actor, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy with the little weird mustache and he danced around the stage and stuff. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he was working at these little um, theater, I don't know what you would call them, but the theater things that the girls used to do where they had a little skirts on and they would dance around the stage and, you know, it would be some, you know, entertainment for the 1920s or whatever. Um, so he would work there and he would do like little comedic acts. He was like 
um, he would go on stage and he would, you know, run around and do like little stupid slapstick comedy. And um, after that, the girls would come on. So once he, he, he goes backstage and the women are like changing in front of him and stuff like that. And he's, uh, I forget, he's at the time, he's really young. He's probably like 19 years old or something like that. And um, some of the girls were like underage actually back there and they were working on the thing. I think the girl might have been like 17 that he eventually talked to. So the girls are backstage changing and he goes over to her and um, he's talking to her and he like fixes her fixes her lipstick or something like that and it was kind of like in the movie that's how it played out. i'm sure it was different in real life but mm-hmm. that's like their you know love at first sight moment and uh charlie chaplin was blowing up and he eventually was going to come to america to start doing um to start you know hollywood was blowing up at the time so he's he's going to come to america to start doing some acting and you know movies and uh he goes on this like date with the girl and um basically they go get some food, and then he's like, I'm about to leave. I'm going to America, but, you know, we got to stay in contact because I really like you. So he go, he leaves, he goes to America, and he's just blowing up, you know what I mean? He's doing all these movies. He's, you know, he's he's acting, and then eventually, like, he starts producing movies. He starts writing in movies, and um, but at the same time, he's still writing letters to this girl. Um, so all these letters are going through. Um and but he's not getting any responses but he's like you know i'm gonna just keep trying because i really i really like this girl so he keeps trying and trying and eventually you know he's you know he's a superstar now so he can afford to go back to england and then he goes back to england and um he meets um some some person that was working at the theater however but eventually they told him that the girl had passed away from like polio or something like that oh damn um, so the rest of the rest of his life, um, like that, like scar, it felt like in the, this, how they shaped it in the movie, like that situation scarred him so much that he was trying to find another woman that could replace her. But the girl never got, the girl never aged with him. So the girl was always going to be that 17 year old, like oh my God. redhead woman. So no, if he was 35, he was always looking for that young girl. So and then even when he um he got like a some sort of like lifetime achievement award at the Oscars the girl that he was dating was only like 18 or something and he was he was like in his 60s or he oh was super God. old so it was that same that same sort of idea yeah i think it's almost like the age group that he was dating were, they they like it had like this nostalgic feeling to it yeah like he just kept you know, reverting back to like, oh, you know, she's seventeen. You know, yeah, it's weird. The movie is really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, it's like because uh, you, at, you know, it's almost like with R. Kelly. Like if you didn't know what he had done, and you were just um, watching some sort of biopic, and you'd be like, oh my god, like you'd be like, oh, this is gonna be dope. Like R. Kelly has all these good songs. He's saying, I believe I can fly. Um, you know, he wrote songs for Celine Dion and Michael Jackson. Like, oh, I'm gonna be enjoying this movie. And then you watch it, and then you're like, wait a minute, he dated Aaliyah when she was what? Like, how old? Or he had all kind of he had these women locked up, and what the heck? And that's yeah. the same sort of feeling I had. Obviously, Charlie Chaplin, you know, not to that extent. Like, he didn't abuse these women, but that same sort of like like uh, sick feeling I had when I watched it. Yeah. Well, 
All I can say is I hope they lock him up. I've got nothing else to say about uh, Mr. Mr. P Man. Got nothing to say about him. <laughs> P Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> oh no! All right, man. Moving on. Um, I don't know how many of you have heard about it, but it's uh, a comedian, Louis C.K. Right? Louis. Yeah. Okay. Um, his stand-up. He had a part of his stand-up where he was using the N-word and saying that dropping the F-bomb. Mm-hmm. I believe he did. Mm-hmm. Um. And he was just saying it, and people were laughing. Like, but here's my thing, okay? I'm not going to be the guy to say you can't, you can't say that, you can't say that. But like the way he was saying, it was just so random. He's like, "You closing the door like a nigger," like, and I'm just like, "What?" And then people are just, yeah. just dying laughing in the audience. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the audience is predominantly a white audience. Yeah. So this is what I have to say about that, okay? As a black man looking at it, it's it's different, but I'll tell you why. Reason why it's different is like uh, if you see Chris Rock or you see another black comedian and they're making fun of white people, and then everybody's laughing. I'm laughing, and people in the audience are laughing, and you even see white people laughing. Right? Mm-hmm. The biggest difference between the two is it's not that you know, like what's the big deal? He's not, you know, this and that. It's just the historical context behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know, um, a white comedian saying "nigger" that's something that's funny, but it's on- it, it it's only funny to someone who has not been through what black people as a whole have been through. Yeah. So I'm not, and black people as a whole are definitely more sensitive than any other group based on the fact of, you know, obviously since America's inception with the slavery and Jim Crow and, and segregation and all these things. And, and, and back then people were just conventionally calling people niggers in the middle of the street and, and then, and X and Y. I think the reason why people are defending the Louis C.K. saying nigger is because it's something that's cons- like it's basically the type of comedy relief that people enjoy in their own homes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like basically like if you in a house full of you, full of black people and you, you with your family and somebody crack a joke on white people and everybody laughing. Mm-hmm. You don't think white people do the same shit? Mm-hmm. I'm positive. I'm positive them M-bombs is dropping. And I know somebody, some probably some white listeners are like, I don't say the N-word. I don't say it. Well, probably your uncle does. Maybe it's your cousin. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a friend of the family. And maybe everybody is laughing. And that's why this, this is happening now. So mm-hmm. people say, why is everybody so sensitive? It's not why is everybody so sensitive. It's why are black people so sensitive? And I just told you why. Okay? Yeah. It's not like everybody's offended. Everybody's looking to be offended. Well, some things are actually offensive. Yeah. When you drop the F-bomb on, towards the gay community, that's just like calling me a nigger. You know what I'm saying? I think you could be funny. You could definitely be hilarious without being derogative and saying these things. Mm-hmm. But if someone finds, if they find comedy and using an N-bomb and an F-bomb, go ahead and let them do it. I just think that you need to be responsible for it and everybody's not going to like it. And that's just this. This is what it is. Yeah, I we talked about this a long time ago, and it's weird that it barely, it surfaced, yeah. you know, it barely surfaced. Because what happened was I was watching this. It was a great conversation, and it got ruined because of Louis C.K. Um, it was Chris Rock, Louis C.K., um, <clears throat> one other guy. I forget his name. Um, an English guy, and then there was Jerry Seinfeld. And they were almost given this master class on stand-up comedy. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, I just kind of want to see 
what goes through their mind when they're writing jokes and how, you know, how they're shaping things. And uh, I was watching it and probably 75% through Louis C.K. says nigger. And it, he almost said it so comfortably that it like I just almost bypassed. And I was like, wait a minute, what did he just say? And he, and he said it like a couple more times. And then they went into a whole conversation because it, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And he was talking to Chris Rock and he was like um, talking about saying it on stage and saying it in jokes. And he said it the first time, and I was like, what? Like, it, it, it kind of slipped out of it, like, kind of just went in in one ear and out the other. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he said it again. And then they went into the conversation that was about, like, Louis C.K., you know, framing and using the word nigger in some of his jokes. And Chris Rock was so comfortable with it, it just threw me, it threw me completely off. And Jerry Seinfeld is sitting there, like, Jerry Seinfeld is the only normal person in the whole room. He's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I would never feel comfortable saying that word. Chris Rock is laughing. He's just sitting there drinking his water. And then the other guy, the other British guy, even says it, like, once or twice himself um, in the conversation. And it was just like, what the heck? So, you know, I ended up telling, like, a couple of my friends. And I was just like, it just got really weird. Like, this is a dope interview. And I shared it with them. But I was like, it got really weird when they start saying saying nigger every time and um it it was just weird that that interview is like four years old mm-hmm. and um this is weird that just shows how we work like as america like just no one no one seems to care about these things until everyone else starts to care very true just mm-hmm. like the r kelly shit mm-hmm. um what, what i'll say is this the reason why r kelly was not r kelly the reason why chris rock <laughs> was laughing or whatnot is because what I, I've came to the conclusion that comedians are not normal people because there are com- comedians find humor in almost everything. <laughs> so a comedian is not going to slander another comedian because they're up there saying whatever the fuck they want to say. And the way that they, they operate mentally is not on the same plane as a regular human being. Yeah. Like literally the, there was a mass shooting in a theater that happened years ago. And Dane cook went up there, stand up and cracked a joke about it. And people and some people were just like, ah, that's just dying laughing. And other people was quiet, like, what the fuck did he just say? Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. I think as a comedian, you could definitely be funny without being over the top. Yeah. And you you have to have some form of a moral compass. Like you can't just be up there just saying any and everything because I'm a comedian and you you use that as a cop out. Yeah. It's- there's there's ways to be funny without trying to shock people. Thank you. Like there's nothing, you know, there's you can have a whole hour set, like for instance, if Dane Cook um, had a whole hour set, he's cracking jokes about, you know, his. Oh my god! <laughs> if you, this nigga Eddie just farted, and you hear it on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I'm not trying to fart shame him. You know, I know it gets uncomfortable when people fart shame. So I'm trying to let it out slow. Man. <laughs> That's just that. That mug sound like an 808. But, um, yeah, so he can, Dane Cook can have a whole hour set with, you know, just normal, regular jokes that everyone can laugh at about his family, about his marriage, about his kids. Um, and then you almost ruin it with, like, these, you know, these jokes that are, make people uncomfortable and are, like, disrespectful towards, you Not know, people. whole communities. Not, it doesn't make people uncomfortable. Black 
people. Let's be correct. No, I'm talking about Dane Cook. Oh, Dane Cook. Oh, yeah, I'm just no, talking I... about comedians in general. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So um, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, so oftentimes they ruin whole sets um, by trying to use these over-the-top jokes. It's like, but at the not same, really necessary. At the same time, that's still our opinion, which is, it's, it's it could be seen as biased because people are like, I thought it was funny. You should say whatever you want to say. I don't think, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah. You know, and I think what it is, the shock factor, like you mentioned, when you're up there saying nigger and people are dying laughing, they love it because it's the same humor that they're using in their homes. That's yeah. what people don't understand. That's why people find it so funny because it's bold. And that's why our president is our president who we have now, because the things that he was saying are the same things that people thought in their homes. When mm-hmm. he's like, we need to build a wall and, you know, this, that and the third. And, you know, I assume some of them are good people, but, you know, the rapists, this and that, we're not getting our best. These are the same things that people were thinking at home, and that's why he is our president. That's what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. He is he is the most different president in the history of the world. I mean, the history of the world. In the history of America. Yeah. So my thing is this. I'm not here to bash Trump supporters. I'm just saying that, that same, the same aspect that the president used to become our president is the same one that Louis C.K. uses on stage because he knows it's going to touch people, and he is built like a cult-like following. And uh, there are people, there are comedians. I even seen Andrew Schultz. Like Andrew Schultz is like, you know, the Louis Rage is this and that, and da 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 da. But he's a comedian, and mm. he also does not have a freaking gauge. I've seen him say some crazy shit. He like, has a joke about trannies. Yeah, it, yeah, trans best. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. but no, like, this is what I'll, I'll finish with. Keep saying. Basically, he says, uh, uh, "Grandmother, granny, trans, whatever, tranny." Welcome to the American language, folks. And, he's, and everybody starts laughing. But at the end of the day, it's like you are intentionally pushing these fucking buttons. You just keep pushing these buttons because you know it's going to make people laugh. Because you know there are people that think like they think they, they literally feel the way your joke is coming out. Yeah, that that may be part of, you know, my own personal bias that I have to Got come it. to grips with because I did think that joke was funny. But I can't be outraged at Louis C.K. and then. And then be okay with Andrew Schultz's joke, you know. So yeah, I we, we, it's like we can't be outraged about Louis C.K. And then a black comedian gets up there and start cracking jokes about white people, and we laughing because mm-hmm. I've laughed at a lot of white people. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, you know, especially they do mm-hmm. like. <laughs> I, I think I've, I've seen Chris Rock crack a lot of jokes on white people, and I was just sitting there busting up laughing. Mm-hmm. And I even see white people in the audience just dying laughing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you when on the other side of that, and you get Louis C.K. up there busting the N-word, I think with me, it does less to people like me and Keith and more to the vast majority of black people. Because mm-hmm. black people are very sensitive based on, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, the historical context behind not only the word, but the treatment of black people throughout American history, which a lot of people don't give a shit about. They're like, it's a joke. You can't take the fucking joke. Come on, man. You know? Yeah. Some of those, they weren't even like, it's random. They weren't like, yeah, well, it's put together jokes. Mm-mm. Maybe if it was actually funny, I would be like, oh, okay, I can see where this is going. But he just, it just felt like he was forcing a joke. Like he just wanted to say nigger. Yeah. A few times. And yeah. it made people die laughing because it was, he never even set the jokes up. He just would just drop the M bomb. Yeah. He's like, go ahead and close the door. You're closing the door like a nigger. And then yeah. everybody just starts laughing. Like, yeah. they are crying, laughing. And at the end of the day, like, I don't get the humor because I don't even drop N-bombs. Like, yeah. me and Keith are black, but that's not a part of our everyday vernacular. Like, we don't walk around like, 
Nigga, I'm tired. Nigga, nigga, nigga. Nigga, nigga, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, dude, I wish we had this on video. Like, Keith, Keith just did a nigga dance. Like, he was just like, dude, just pumping his arms back and forth. A nigga uh, dance? It's yeah. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> he over here, he over here with a little Bill Cosby sweater on and shit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's but- a terrible joke. What? I was going to rebuttal, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to just keep that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. But see, you see how Keith was able to, like, put the clamps on himself? Mm-hmm. He was he put the clamps on himself, and he didn't say nothing. Yeah. Like, my thing is, I'm not a comedian. I've, I've done stand-up only one time, okay? I have yeah. not been back on the stage. But all the jokes that I told, I, I told them... They were like very calculated jokes. So I know when a comedian gets up there on fucking stage, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I know for a fact. Eddie did disrespect big women, though. So what did I say? I don't remember the joke, but someone was tight in the audience. Oh, yeah. Someone was tight. So was their pants. (laughs) 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 Anyways. No, man. Uh, Okay. For example, um, Louis C.K. Let's say. He's in Los Angeles and a black guy cuts him off. Do you think he's going to be like, hey, jerk, what are you doing? He's going to be like, you fucking nigger, what are you doing? Yeah. I guarantee you that's what he's going to say. Because you got to realize there's a correlation between uh, how a comedian is going to be on stage versus how they are in life. Yeah. Okay. Just like how when I went up on stage, the jokes that things that I seen funny through my through my eyes I went up on Mm -hmm. stage and told it, and people laughed. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, I got to get back up on stage soon. I got to get back up there. Yeah, you slacking. I got a few really, really fucking good jokes. Did you? I guess Louis C.K. is supposed to be Mexican. I don't know what what he is. Yeah, that's what I. I, Why? That's what it says on Wikipedia. Really, he's Mexican American. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, doesn't make it any better. Yeah, I was. I just that was just shocking to me. I was like, oh, I could have sworn he was just a regular white dude. Yeah. Regular white dudes like to say the N word. Yeah, but it is what it is. I, I'm not. I think that what I'm not going to do is be outraged by it. I just thought, like when I heard yeah. it, I, I think what disappointed me was the fact that it. I just couldn't laugh. Yeah, I, I just couldn't laugh. Like I was. It's like it's not that. It's just the joke was not timed a certain way. It was. A, it was the humor was directed towards certain people. Yeah, he has a cult like following. There's actually one. One of the jokes he has. I don't know how many of them. I don't listen to them. But one of the jokes he has about like the N word um, was really put together. Like I think that was a really clever joke. It wasn't funny to me, but I was like, oh, I can see that. How, I can exactly. see how that because he basically says like, you know, one word I hate is the N word, and he's like, not the N word, like not nigger, but the yeah. word N word. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see, I can see how this is like, you know, a really, yeah. you know, a really good joke. Um, but other than that, like there was even like there was another instance where he was with um, the dude Patrice O'Neill. I think he passed away. Yeah, Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to him. But they were they were ha- they were on a podcast or something. But you know they were just laughing together, saying saying the word, and I was just like, what the heck? Like, yeah, I just think I just think that I just think that those comedians, their brains don't operate on the same way that ours do. So they're not looking to be offended. They're looking to find the humor in these jokes. And and there's no right way to do comedy. There's no right way to do it. 
you're going to make somebody laugh even if you say some really fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. So Patrice O'Neill was laughing because he's probably like, I chill with this dude. He cool. I don't get no racist vibes from him. And he's saying the N-word because it's a part of his bit. You know, people need to get over it. But that's how comedians think. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that I think that's even sadder than anything. Like, I don't think, I don't think Louis C.K. is racist at all. Mm-hmm. I just think for him to be using that kind of language is just ridiculous. Yeah, but it's, it's disrespectful. But it's working for him. I think he was bold enough to do it. Being bold will get you kind of far by today, like in, to, in today's world. Yeah. It can make you the president of the United States. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, this is one of those things. Yeah. All right. Um, this is something we wanted to mention. And, you know, we we really don't like touching on racial issues too much. But we just want to talk about some of our personal situations we've had in awkward situations regarding white people. Okay, look, me and Keith have grown up in a, like, a melting pot, in like a multicultural, multicultural setting. Like, we both played football. We had a lot of white teammates, Mexican teammates, and mm-hmm. black coaches and black teammates, right? A lot so, of nigga teammates. Yeah, like I said, so we had a lot of... <laughs> all right so we had a like a melt it was like a melting pot and we've been in situations where we was like huh in my adult life you know as far as you know white people are concerned here's the thing if if you don't have a lot of interactions with black people and i'm talking to white people i'm not trying to be derogative but i'm just telling you how it is Mm -hmm. if you don't have a lot of interactions with black people in your everyday life Please don't make it a point to walk up to us and say something like pop culture Like, uh, you see me and you're like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, how you doing? And you're like, hey, bro, Tupac was one of the greatest rappers ever. Like, you like Tupac, bro? Tupac's dope. Yeah. I'll, I'll be like, why? Yeah. Why? I don't walk up to white guys like, hey, you like Van Halen? Yeah. You like fucking Aerosmith? They're dope, huh? You like Aerosmith? Like, stop trying to come up to me and say some culturally cool type shit. Yeah. Just, just say like, hey, how's it going, man? How's your day? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I've, I think me and Keith have went through this many, 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 many times. Or, or it'll be like, I'll, uh, there'll be like a group of white guys talking at work, and then you walk by them, and then the dude's like, "Hey, what's up, dog? What's up, bro? What's up, my my G?" And yeah. you'd be like, "What?" Trying to shake your hand all weird, like shake my hand all weird, like you try to give me the black handshake, but you don't know how to fucking do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. I think, you know, I also hate this idea that you have to compliment, like, other black people to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I hate that. Like, um, you could be, what could you be doing? You could be, um, you could be watching a commercial or something and a black, the black guy pops on the commercial and they have to acknowledge, you know, the black girl or black guy on the commercial. Like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. Oh, my God, he looks so good. It's like, like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. There's a lot of attractive people on TV. It happens. That's <laughs> why they're celebrities. They look good. <laughs> I just love her natural hair. Yes. Her black skin is so beautiful. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, okay, we get it. Like, you. Yeah, you letting me know you 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 acknowledge black people. That's good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I mean I know it's, it's super weird. I know a lot of black girls go through this, especially attractive black girls. Um, they would always get these backwards compliments, oh, like, shit. "Oh my gosh, you're the most beautiful black girl I know." 
or like what or you know like how, like how are you complimenting someone but almost like Deep. telling them that they're only the attractive black girl you know what yeah, i mean you're like downgrading them yeah 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 it's like a backside <clears throat> it's like a backhanded compliment and the girl and the girl that gave the con- well the this is like from a real experience this happened to me or well, i seen this in high school i was like first of all like the girl that you compliment look way better than you do. Okay, well, y'all could be clear. I could see, I could see it clear as day. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we deal with a lot of weird shit, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like the thing is this: it's not, it's not to, to shame white people. This is definitely not my objective. Mm-hmm. It's just to give you a view through our eyes the shit that we see because mm-hmm. it's weird, man. It's like it'll be like uh, I don't know. You'll be hanging out with like two of your homies and like two of them happen to be white, but y'all real close. And then they got like a third wheel that they bring, like some other random white dude. Yeah. And then like they'll be looking at something and they'll be like, uh, oh, you want to talk to her, bro? You'd be like, oh, yeah, she seems cool. And it'll be like a white chick or whatever that yeah. you're talking to. And they'd be like, hey, man, you better get her the wheelchair. You know, she yeah. ain't, ready. She ain't yeah. ready for that BBC, bro. <laughs> and you'd be like, what did you say? Broadcasting channel. You said what? That British Broadcasting Channel. Nah, he meant Big Black Cock. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, like, come on, man. First of all, you know how what the size of my penis is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. secondly, like, that's just not uh, that's not an endearing term. Like, yeah. that's not an endearing thing to say that somebody is black. Yeah, you know, and just because like I'm talking to like a white girl or something, like, I just don't understand how that would like generate in your brain to say that. Yeah. Also, stop changing the music when we get in your car. Oh my God! Yeah. Like you could be you could be in there li- listening to heavy death metal, but all of a sudden I <laughs> hop in and you want to throw on DMX. <laughs> <laughs> I think in a lot of times white people they try to accommodate us. They don't want us to feel left out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They they like you know and then like the thing about it is like they'll be really cool with you. Yeah, and it's like they probably be thinking like, oh, I don't hang out with a lot of black people, and like Keith's really cool, and I just want to make him feel welcome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you go over to their house, and the, and then the dad's like, their dad'll be chilling, and they'd be like, Hey, what's going on, brother? Yeah, they'd be like, brother, like, come on, don't man, call me brother, don't call me brother, man. Everybody in here is white. I'm the only black. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, here's the thing. And not everybody is culturally clueless. Like, let's say their dad will be like, hey, brother. And then the kids will be like, oh, my God, here, dad. Yeah. Just, dad, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> His know? name is Jared, dad. Let's call him Jared. <laughs> His name is Jared, dad. <laughs> like, oh, it's cool, man. You ever listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 he pull out his vinyl collection. Yeah. And I'd be like, and then the thing is, is like, because we don't want to make it so awkward, like, we're already in a very awkward position. And then yeah. he, he's like, yeah, you heard of Earth, Wind, Fire? i like, yeah, since like my dad's generation. Like, oh, so your dad's in the house, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so you got one of those around. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, unicorn gun. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's wild. You hear that? That mug. I don't know what just happened. Can you hear that? We still recording. Yeah. <laughs> it just got lower all of a sudden. I'm yeah, here. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. But, yeah, we still here. Okay, I'm about to say, like, don't mess up the production, man. Yeah, I ain't touching nothing. Yeah. Nah, it, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Because my thing is, I don't, wait. I don't, it's not so much waste my time, but I don't 
get mad at you know get mad at white people like they don't understand like they're not black so mm-hmm. how the fuck are they really going to understand i just think ultimately just build that regular friendship that gen that general basic friendship that you build with all your white friends and all your other friends because we're not as different as you think yeah but there is i will i will give you an uh uh a warning there are two different types of black people there are black people like me and keith and there are niggas okay so <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> just exactly. like this just like there's white people and there's white trash there is black people and niggas yeah so don't it, not like don't come up to us with like like uh I don't know with nigga vibes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't do- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, this is I don't know, man. Just have a very general approach. I I almost hate that though. I feel like I feel like sometimes you get complimented just because they expect you to be a nigga. Oh, you know, yeah, like, possibly. Like, um, I don't know. This is, I'm just throwing stuff around, but saying like, like you're intelligent or you're smart oh, or something like that. Yeah. It's like, there are a lot of, like, I know people that In my own family, you, both of us. Yeah. 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 But it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like, I know people in the streets that, you know, don't have a lick of college education that could probably do that could probably calculate numbers faster than I do. Right. Like you ever see somebody playing dice and they just throwing stuff out, boom, boom, boom. But they just calculating the numbers so fast. I'm like, dang, how do you like you haven't even I haven't even looked at the number yet. <laughs> How'd you add that up that don't, quick? Don't get it twisted. All these if you see like gang members like, oh, they they're so dumb. I know a guy that was so smart that he would he would leave school, he would ditch school and not come, and then the teachers would be looking for him because he had all I think he had all like AP classes. Like he was a really smart guy, but he was in a gang. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like with him he said man I ain't going to that class I ain't number of white people in there man I ain't going there I was like dude what are you talking about Yeah, you need to stay in school man you, mm-hmm. like you're really smart and uh, he just ended up dropping out and he was in a gang but you would never know that because he was living that street life Yeah, but he was a fucking genius basically yeah 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 so it's like man like don't be quick to write people off mm-hmm. or be quick to like have this 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 um, preconceived notion like yeah. when I, whenever I say, whenever I'm talking to somebody that's white, Mexican, whatever, I don't have any preconceived notion. They are a human being to me. I'm going to approach them. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's just like so many times in my life I have people approach me. Hey, what's up, big homie? What's up, big dog? Yeah. And then a regular white guy walks by like, hey, how's it going, uh, Greg? How you doing? I'm like, <laughs> why, why didn't you talk to me like you talked to Greg? Right. You got to change your voice all up and shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, we go through a lot. Just... Living our normal lives, you know what I mean? Like, even, like, <laughs> even, like, hair. Oh, my God. Like, like, I have kids at school. I have, like, waves in my hair. They, it's, I'm kind of woofing right now. I'm going to bounce back, though. But I have waves in my hair, but I always wear a hat at school. I mean, when I'm when I'm working. And um, there's kids that are, like, I don't want to say infatuated, but, like, when they see my hair, they're like, oh, my gosh, you have waves in your hair? Like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. It's just like, what? Like, it's just hair. Yeah, it's, it's just hair. It's not that impressive, dude. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah. It's just crazy, dude. It's other things, too. Like, I, I remember, um, I remember at when I, I, I was kind of, I got a little bit chubby at one time. Like, right now, I consider myself <clears throat> chubby, even though I'm not fat. But 
Hey, um, slim thick right now. <laughs> <laughs> slim thick with your cute ass. <laughs> nah, but um, I I I went on a really good. Uh, uh, I cut a lot of weight and I started building a good amount of muscle. And I ran into this white guy at the gym, and he was like, "Dude, he's like, hey man, you're you're getting like you're getting pretty buff, dude." I was like, "Yeah, man, I've just been cutting fat, man, and eating a pretty good diet and lifting hard." Mm-hmm. And he was like. Man, like black guys, they get big fast, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, why do they get big fast? Like, you asking me, why do black guys get big fast? Like, I got an answer for the whole black species. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding the me, man? The whole black species. Like, dude, no, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, did we shoot a uh, horse, uh, horse steroids in our body? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's all I ha- the chitlins and pork. Yeah, it's all the fried chicken we supposedly <laughs> eat every day. That's why yeah, we eat fried chicken every day. That's why we get buff, man. Yeah. But this is like, come on, man. Just give us a break. Like, stop making it awkward. And this mm. is not derogatory, like, towards all white people. This is just certain people that don't have a lot of interaction. You can tell which people that don't have interactions with black people on a daily. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times their, 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 you know, their, their perception of black people is kind of perpetuated in, like, media, music, and, you know, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So it's not like... A workplace relationship they have with black people it's not like um a friendship they have with black people it's kind of like you know from the outside looking in and yeah. it's like no i'm not a rapper no i'm not <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i'm not i'm not like i don't everything i say is not ebonics like i yeah. actually have a, a okay vocabulary yeah you know what i mean so it's just it's unfortunate even you know with the white people, it happens in our own community too. Yes, a lot with black people, a lot. Yeah. I think that you shouldn't be um, impressed by someone that's able to speak. Thank you. Like, um, like uh, I know people that I'm related to. I like I have uncles and cousins and like that can speak and use bigger words than I do. And like, I'm not the least bit impressed by it at all. No, I'm just like, well, and I guess in a sense, I'm like, Oh, this is like when I'm talking to him, like, Oh, that's a, that's a, like, that's a nice word to use right there. Or like, you know, this is going like, this is a very flowing and great conversation. And you know a lot about this, but, um, it's not, it's not abnormal. No. Yeah. No, it's Mm -hmm. not. It's just, it's not, it's not abnormal for me for this reason. There are so many words in the English language. Yeah. Like, there are so many words in the English language that I'm not going to be one of those guys that is impressed by words. If I hear a word from somebody and I'm just listening, it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, they'll, t- they'll say a word, you understand the meaning of it, but you may have not heard it. Mm-hmm. But you comprehend what they mean, and mm-hmm. then I like to tend. I like to go on my phone and look that word up. And I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's nothing wrong with looking words up, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of black people that they'll hear me talking or Keith, and they'll be like, y'all talk like y'all white. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I'm talking like what? Like I'm what? They'd be like, man, you sound like a white boy, and I'm like, a white boy? How? Like, listen here, nigga. You know? I'm using words <laughs> in the dictionary. <laughs> Chris Rock said some shit that had me busting up. He said, he said, if you want to hide your money from a nigga, hide it in a book. Because niggas, niggas don't read. I was busting up laughing like, oh my yeah. God. But yeah, yeah, dude, like don't it's weird because you will get it from both ends. As a black man, I've gotten criticism from not criticism. Like I, I say I got awkward shit from white people and from black people I got criticism. Yeah. 
and it's like I'm just being me. Like I don't understand. I don't understand it. The yeah. awkward shit from white people. It doesn't make them racist. Not at all. Yeah. This is culturally clueless. Yeah. You know, more or less, they don't. A lot of them don't grasp the fact that there are some of us that there are a lot of us actually. My sister has a degree. My other cousin has a degree. Keith has a degree. Like his cousins have a degree. His no, his aunts have a degree. Yeah. Like it's just. I'm surrounded by educated people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's hard. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's normal for us. You know, I don't know how many uneducated black, I don't know what, the, what like stop paying attention to the news. Like that's not us. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not us. We're just like you. Yeah. We have taco night, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We play board games. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes karaoke. <laughs> We also we also oh we also date white women. <laughs> oh my god! I just wish like people. I just wish. Um, I probably wouldn't do this, but I wish there was like um, white people could like hang around or like see how see my family through my lens. Yes, and you'd be like, oh snap! Like you guys have really educated people in your family. Like oh, you went to you went to. UCLA? Oh my God, that's impressive. Oh, you went to UC Berkeley? Oh wow, that's really. But it's just normal. Like yeah, you show up and like, hey man, how's it going? It's like this yeah, is regular. Your family, this uh, I forgot it was your cousin or whatever. She was there, and her boyfriend was white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he, a really he's cool Portuguese. Dude. He's Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, he's just like a white guy. Yeah, but he's a much. <laughs> pretty much Portuguese white. <laughs> but he's a really cool guy, and uh, he just was just chilling with the family. And I just wonder like what's going on through his mind. Uh-huh. Like because everybody's just real chill. There's educated people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was just a family, like everyone else. I just think people just get a real, real big misconception. Yeah, with just black people. Like we don't, we don't need you to, we don't need you to like toot our horn and certain things. Like, um, oh yeah, she's just a beautiful black woman and this yeah. and that and so and so. And I'm just like, look, like. I know you're not racist. I know you're a really cool person. You just stop overcompensating. Yeah. Even 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 my cousins that are like niggas, they're still like <laughs> normal people. <laughs> they just got hood tendencies. Were they hybrid hybrid black people? Yeah. Hybrid niggas. <laughs> they be like the square root of. Uh, <laughs> then five minutes later they twerking. You be like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So. This is, you know, this is regular stuff, dude. Like, don't be impressed by, don't be impressed by, like, normal. You're right. Yeah. Because hey, I know for a fact that some, some of the listeners, like, I guarantee you, like, um, any any girl in your family that is dating, like, a black guy, she is, like, seen as, like, the rebel. Like, oh, my God, she's dating a black guy. Did you hear about it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Because I'm telling you right now, like as much as people and it's not so much as much people being racist. It's the fact that like a black guy, especially, is not seen like on us on an even plane as a white guy. Like you bring home uh, freaking Mark Wahlberg They're No, they're expecting you to bring home like Mark Wahlberg. But when you walk in there with fucking Tyrone, they're like, um, uh, Bethany, can you uh, talk to me in the kitchen for a second? Yeah. You know white people are always trying to pull you aside to talk to you. What? They always trying to pull you aside, like, can you speak to me in the other room? <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that ever in my family. No, nah, because black people just say some shit. <laughs> black, black people will just say some shit right there. 
and it'd be some fucked up shit too, because black people would pull some shit too. They'd be like, "So how long you been dating that white guy?" <laughs> like what? Like, mom, Bethany's right here. Yes, yeah, she's right here. Yeah. And then Bethany be looking at you like, "What? What happened?" Yeah. You're like, ah. like, hey, unk, this is uh, this is Bethany. Ah, oh, you got you a white girl. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Get you them snow bunnies in, young blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black people don't hold. They don't pull no punches. They yeah. say some shit, or you'll be you'll bring a Mexican girl home, and then they'll be like, "Oh, so you went and got you a senorita, huh?" <laughs> I knew you liked tacos, but I didn't expect this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, man, yeah. So I'm, I'm positive all the same. All the certain shit goes on in in different households. Yeah. Like I, I guarantee you just how we bring a white girl home uh to our family and they'll be like a lot of people don't give a shit, but it's other people that be like, Wow, so he couldn't get him a black girl, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's like a white family and a, and Tyrone come in the front door mm-hmm. and be like, So does he have a job? Like mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. you know, is he violent? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Is he violent? That's not crazy. Does he have a history? <laughs> Does he have mesothelioma? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know that commercial? Uh, yeah. Uh, he may be eligible for legal compensation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Okay. Yeah, it's a crazy world out there, man. It's a crazy world. Yeah. Um, but we we, I think people need to realize that. Me and Eddie are the average black man. Pretty much. There's an extreme, obviously, there's an extreme in every race. You know? Definitely. There's an extreme white man. There's an extreme Mexican guy. There's an extreme um, Muslim. Definitely. There's an extreme Indian or whatever the case may yep. be. They're all, there's, there's, and then there's the normalcy. That's like, you know, all the people in the middle. And that's how, that's how most of them are. So yeah. don't, you know, don't get it don't get it messed up. Oh yeah. Whenever I go into any to any situation, whether I'm let's say I'm dating a white chick or something, and I go around her family, like I already know, like there's gonna be some people that just don't like me. Yeah. Just for the simple fact that I don't look like them. Yeah. But that I can't control that, and that's their fault. Mm-hmm. Same thing is like you know if, if I bring um I bring a white girl over my family, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be some family looking at me like like man. What you trying to be OJ Simpson Jr.? You know what I'm saying? Uh, OJ Simpson Jr. It's gonna be the same shit going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Only thing that me and Keith wants you to do is just open up, like, expand your horizons. Yeah. Don't 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 get too flustered or excited when you see a black person. I know it's like a Nat Geo fucking. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> like a Nat Geo like there goes a black man in his natural habitat. <laughs> As you can see, he's out of his element. He's... <laughs> He's sitting in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. That was funny. Oh, man. I was I was talking to my cousin earlier. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one I was telling you guys about that. Went to UC Berkeley. And uh, he's like, hey, man, do you need anything for um, for Christmas? I was like, nah, but like, if you want to send me a book or something, I'll, I'll read it. And uh, he was like, all right, for sure. And then he was like, what book were you thinking? And I was like, um, I was like, I don't know. I like... I I recently bought a bunch of books about like filmmaking, so I don't necessarily need that. Um, but I was like, you know, you could just pick anything. And then uh, earlier today, he texted me and he asked for my address, and um, um, I sent it to him. And I was like, "Why? What's up?" And then he was like, um, "He's like, I'm going to send you that that book that I uh, 
that I got you for Christmas. And then I responded, niggas don't read. (laughs) 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 And then he was like, show don't, Naga. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's just how we communicate. That's funny, man. I just think when you have family... You know, like that. You know, your whole your whole entire family is not going to be one way. Yeah. You know, like if you, if you black and you know you got a successful family, and then you got your uncle that just got out of prison. You know, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then let, if you white and you know your family is a is educators and architects and construction workers, and then you got your uncle that's a white supremacist that, <laughs> that, that nobody likes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you come over, and then the uncle is like. He doesn't need to be here. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Don't worry about my uncle, man. Yeah. He's, my uncle's got problems, man. Don't worry about yeah. him. Dude. Yeah. No, you know, what I've noticed sometimes, too, is white people will warn you to be like, Look, man, my uncle has problems, man. Just stay away. Just don't worry about him, dude. You're 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 good. Don't worry about yeah. him. You yeah. like, damn. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go in there now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Well, <clears throat> uh, Keith's eyes are getting low, man. It's only 10 o'clock. Because I smoked a little bit of weed. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I think Keith is trying to, he's trying to dash out of her early, man. I think he's got a hot date. Oh, my God. No, I don't. <laughs> I'll be there shortly, baby. <laughs> no, what I, I did want to talk about um, black male privilege, though. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah Let's go I was ahead talking, and move on. So I was talking to this girl, this black girl. Um, she's super smart, and she was just telling me about, like, Basically, like, problems that um, black women are facing in today's day and age. And um, she, it was really, like, alarming to me. She felt like she, felt like, like she has a, um, as she's fighting for, almost like she's fighting for survival. Because she feels like black women aren't really um, represented well in society. And that, like, essentially, like, people don't want them. And that the only people that do want them are black men. And the fact that a lot of black men are um, steering away from them is kind of like hurting her survival. So um, that was kind of like the conversation. It's like a really in-depth conversation that we won't have here. Hmm. But um, she kind of combat, not combated it, but she kind of threw another idea out there of this idea of like black male privilege and how black men are like the 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 it thing like the black men are trending right now with the Michael B Jordans and the Chadwick Bosemans and you know you know Black Panther and Trevante Rhodes yeah 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 and Creed and yeah and Trevante Road like in Bird Box and stuff like that so <clears throat> it's a really interesting thing and then I was I kind of asked her like you know kind of what what are the privileges that she's speaking of and um one of one of the things that she brought up was this idea that a black man could essentially get any any uh a woman of any ethnicity that he wants to. <clears throat> like I'm sure you know everyone's seen it in the world where you know a black man can get a white woman. A black man can get a Mexican girl. A black man can get a you know black girl and you know a you know not per, not as often but an Asian girl or, or anything in it, in the, yeah. and it's the like it doesn't feel strange it feels like you know regular um but that like a black woman doesn't have that same privilege so um i was just like dang that's it just it just tripped me out to think about like 
because we talk about um, we talk about privilege all the time, and everyone everyone has some sort of privilege. Um, but I did feel bad for her because she was talking about all these privileges that the black men have. Yeah, I think when, if, to, to the listeners here, they may be confused. Like, well, the black woman, she could date whoever she wants. But <clears throat> in actuality, I think a lot of black women feel more obli- obligated to be with a black man. So when they see us and we dating white girls and Mexican chicks and stuff like that, they feel like it's kind of like a, I don't know. I, I really don't know. There's a whole lot more to it. It's really like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like it, it makes some sense. But then again, it's just like, I don't know. Because my thing is, I like women, period. I like black women, white women, Mexican, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I notice that a lot of black women don't fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't gravitate to me very much. Mm-hmm. You know? But, hey, it is what it is. And it's not like I'm... Like, maybe if I lived in a different state, then it wouldn't be that way. Maybe if I lived in Atlanta, mm-hmm. or maybe if I lived somewhere else where there there is more black people. Because it's only, it's only 13% uh, black in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not like a huge number. So like me and Keith might be the only black guys in in like on in my on my street. Yeah. There's not we don't represent a huge amount of America. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another reason why we don't have the strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. So if we're dating white women and Mexican women and stuff, then black women are like, wow, like I can't believe you did that. Mm-hmm. They probably feel like they're not wanted. Mm-hmm. But you know, on the low on the on the real tip though, like White guys, I've seen a lot more white guys than black women nowadays. Yeah. They getting that cocoa, man. Yeah. They dipping that chocolate. <laughs> they dabbling. Yeah. I have my uh my cousin, um well, I have an aunt that she has um I don't want to put her business out there, but she has uh two kids that are by um two different white guys. So she was definitely dabbling in the uh the good old mayonnaise. Yeah, she was going hard at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy thing though. I, but more along the lines of the the privileged stuff, I do I do recognize that um, there is a certain power that you know we have is just being a being a black male in society. Just being a male mainly, but even being a black male, we have privilege. Like mm-hmm. a black, like we mentioned, a black man was president before a white woman. Yeah, like Barack Obama. So and then mm-hmm. and then when uh fucking Hillary Clinton came, they said, "Get your short midget fucking pantsuit wearing ass the fuck out of here." They said that? No. They said- no. <laughs> 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 yeah. That yeah, that that's, you know, that's like the perfect example. Like a black man was able to become president before a white woman. Yeah, that's privilege. Yeah. That's mad privilege right there. Yeah. Even, even, um, yeah, man, that's crazy. Shout out to Barack. Yeah, Barack was like, yep, that, 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 that's correct. <laughs> I never understood why Barack did that. Like, I, I, he said some really, like, he spoke very eloquently, but at the same time, he'd be like, uh, 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 and I'll be like, God, just fucking, just get it out, just get it out, yeah. shit, just write I think it down. He'd just be having so many like thoughts going through his head that I wonder what was going through Barack's head as he's giving the speeches because he'd be like eh, eh, he'd be like thinking it's my like pizza chicken the girls the dog pizza chicken white woman oh, uh, no. Michelle <laughs> <laughs> 
Bro, I probably Ooh. had all the white hoes when he was. No, he, he got Harvard. <laughs> he was probably hitting so many white girls. Oh my god. I think what it is with Barack, there was a clip of Michelle Obama that she was pissed off because uh, he was sitting down and then it was uh, some, I forgot, some white woman was next to him and then she was like grabbing his like shoulder and was laughing and then they showed the next clip mm-hmm. and Barack, oh, they switched, they seats, switched seats. Yeah. Yeah. I think Barack, Barack is real slick. I think Barack was fucking something. <laughs> Barack was like, okay, we, we, we need to be private. I don't need M- Michelle finding out about this. <laughs> I, I got enough with Donald Trump on my back. I I I, 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 I uh uh um America um this isn't gonna end well tonight. Uh I have to admit that I've been getting head on a regular <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I don't even know if he'd be the type to have a sex scandal. Like I think he would just be the type to just get head when he wanted to. <laughs> he got like I think Monica Lewinsky like got like uh, like under like access still to the White House. Yeah. And Bill was like, if you ever want to get some of that. Oh head, my God. Bill, you ever want to get some of that? Just call Monica. <laughs> Bill slid Monica Lewinsky to a Barack Obama. That, dang. They may have some crazy organization in the White House to where like, there's this like, they call her um, HG. Was that? Head giver? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They get she get voted in. It only it only say HG on the ballot, so we don't even know what we really voted for. <laughs> hey, hey, on on the HG it'd be like Monica Lewinsky, Sarah Palin. <laughs> oh my gosh, Monica Lewinsky serving like she been serving like twenty four years or something. Oh man, she got the least of the last four terms, man. <laughs> Oh, heck no. I never understood that. I never understood, like, okay, we got mad at the president for getting the BJ, but I think he, the economy was really in a good place. Dang. It's just like, and it's like, I'm not trying to, I mean, the guy cheated on his wife, and I think that's what America looked at, and they're like, if he's going to cheat on her, then. That's pretty normal, though. It's pretty normal. It's normal. It's unfortunate, but it is normal. Yeah. I think, but it's me, like me and who, my cousin. Who wouldn't cheat on Hillary though? Jesus. Oh my god, I'm not going to say that. No, but, no. <laughs> <laughs> but me, me and my cousin, we were having this conversation, and we, we, the cousin I was telling you about earlier, mm-hmm. um, the niggas don't read, <laughs> the niggas don't read, cousin. Um, we were talking about how, like, because we we were just discussing stuff in our family and how, like, like, dang, this is crazy that this happened and this happened and this happened and. Like, this is like, how could this even happen? And I, we just came to the conclusion, like, this, like, a lot of this toxicity is just normal. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone is going through it. Like, if I just said some of the stuff that happened in our family, you would be like, oh, that's not, you know. You'd be like, dang, that's sad. But also, my aunt, ha- this happened to my aunt, and this happened to my cousin, and this yeah. happened. So it's like... Like, I say that to say that um, although Bill Clinton cheated on his wife, like, it just happens. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I think the woman, women will, hearing this would be pissed off. Like, no, yeah. it doesn't happen. Men are just dogs and they just keep cheating. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. in actuality, infidelity is very common oh amongst men and women. And some people, they say the main reason why they cheat is because they're so... No, I just think people do genuinely get tired of each other. Yeah. And they, they see other attractive people. And when you're a person that has a lot of power, then you can you have access to certain things. So 
I'm sure, like, I'm sure that probably Michelle probably be trying to set up Barack before a few times. Like, she probably found this really fine girl to, like, try to, yeah. you know, be like, I want you to t- go up to Barack and tell him you want to suck his dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then Barack was like, well, you know, I actually, and then Barack caught on too quick. <laughs> Barack was smart, so he was like, actually, we could, you, you know, actually, I have to go somewhere with my, my, my yeah. wife. He made up an excuse quick. Yeah, nobody, man, nobody making up yeah. an excuse. I, I mean, I don't know if I could find an excuse to not get hit. Yeah. If you walk into me like, I want to give you a head, I'd be like, you know what? I don't know you very well. I don't think this is right. All right, well, it's your loss. I'd be like, have wait, you ever seen? Yeah. That's, if you, like, Barack, they always say, like, he had to be the most clean president just because everyone wanted him out anyways. Like, if you, if you look at, if you compare Donald Trump to Barack Obama, you see, like, everything that Donald Trump does gets out into the news mm-hmm. somehow. Like, all this negative stuff. Polar opposites. So, they're saying, like, if Barack Obama had even a smidget of whatever um, going on in his life that Donald Trump has, like, he would have been out of there. Hell so, yeah, he gone. definitely is skating by all the um, potential head givers. Bethany... <laughs> 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 uh, um, I would love for you to give me head right now, but uh, I have a wife. (laughs) (laughs) And then Michelle listened to it like, that's right. (laughs) She listened. She she, She tried to set him up. They got the the phones tapped. Michelle looked like the type of woman that will go crazy. Yeah. And but don't get it twisted. Michelle is actually very athletic. Yeah. She was doing like karate kicks and shit. I was like, dude, I think she will fuck Barack up if he cheated yeah. on her. Yeah. You certain women have like a like a like a um like a, just a general thickness to them. Yeah. Where you'd be like like even if you're even if the man like weighs more, like the women just got this like shapeliness to yeah. them where they like they just kinda like yeah. And Michelle definitely got that to her. Yeah, somebody asked me. It's like, would you hit, would you hit the, 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 the I don't want to disrespect Michelle. Yeah, that's Obama. a little bit disrespectful. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, we're not going to say that. Yeah, we might get an interview bad. one day and they pull this up. Yeah, but Queen Latifah? Shit. You like Queen Latifah? I'll hit Queen Latifah. I think she <laughs> Queen Latifah try to hit you. You in IT, what? It's certain women, it's certain women that I take interest in that like everybody else like, huh? Like, yeah. Queen Latifah actually, to me, is well kept together. Even though she's a little bit bigger. Yeah. There's something about her. Her, Rachel Ray. and I like o- Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray and Oprah. Like, Oprah. Oprah when she's, like, not fat. Yeah. When she's, like, in between fat and not, like, you know. Yeah. Sometimes Oprah be getting real shapely. Yeah. Like, like okay, okay, Oprah. Sure. All right. All right, Oprah, keep playing like that. Mm-hmm. Keep playing and see, keep staying in shape and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Stedman going to have to step aside. Yeah, Stedman going to have to stop being a, uh, 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 what, what we called him last time. You said that Stedman was an escort. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, well, you know what, man? Uh, we're coming to the end, man. Yeah. Real talkative. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in for the first podcast of the year. Yeah, we got a lot man. of really cool shit coming forward, uh, going forward. Not going to really talk about that. We're just going to drop the content. Yeah. But look forward to some changes on mm-hmm. the Trucker's Mind podcast. Sir. Thank you once again for tuning in. You've been listening to the Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. Out of here. Peace. <laughs>